Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the Fed Now system is launching this month. And what does that mean? We're going to find out. Also, there are traitors in Congress. You probably already knew that, but our guest has the proof. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. Josh Reed is the founder of redpills.tv. Josh, thanks for joining. You know, the FedNow system is launching. Hardly anyone's even talking about it. It's revolutionizing our payment system. Maybe you can tell us about it, about maybe the surveillance aspect of it that might be coming and uh, just anything there is to say about FedNow. It's all yours. Yeah, Sean, no, look, man, we've had a lot of banking crises over the last year. And last year, we know China has a, the Evergrande Bank that has collapsed. I mean, they're over $78 billion in uh, deficit this, this year alone. Um, what has been happening is similar to 1929. We see a consolidation of the banks, a transference of wealth from the poor and middle class into the hands of the rich, the wealthy, and the elite. And with the FedNow system, this is kind of a one-stop shop for banking consolidation. What's going to end up happening is when the FedNow system gets integrated, starting this Friday, where it kind of starts on this introductory foundational aspect, 65% of all American banking transactions are going to flow through the FedNow system. This is going to start with the interbanking. This is where central banks loan money to larger financial institutions, and they loan money to smaller banks, so on and so forth, and get integrated over time as the foundation is set up for this new global unified ledger, which we heard about this week as well from the Bank of International Settlements. And this comes about because of Project Iceberg, Project Aurora through the Bank of International Settlements, which has been developing this kind of unified ledger, this CBDC platform in the backdrop. Now, the FedNow system for everybody out there, if they're wondering what this really is, is you have a facilitation of transactions that are instant. This is things like PayPal and Cash App and uh, Venmo and Zelle, these types of applications that you currently use basically facilitate transactions very, very fast in utilizing modern technology. Our current banking system works on a very antiquated system developed between 1978 and 1982, which takes about three to five days to actually process and transact money. That means wire monies, uh, direct deposits, transfers, or even automatic clearinghouse transactions. The FedNow system takes that and basically makes it instantaneous. It happens instantaneously. This is our first go at a central bank centralized digital currency. Now, it might sound good and it might sound like something like, hey, look, this, this is actually going to be pretty cool. I can do a wire transfer and it's going to happen instantaneously. But that is anything but the truth. What actually comes in now is that the federal government sits between you in every single transaction that you do within your personal financial accounts. This is a direct violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. This means that the federal government will now be tracking and monitoring all of your financial transactions. Now, this is just the first stage in a long-term development of central bank digital currencies and how the U.S. CBDC will be integrated slowly over time. Now, what comes about from this? Well, it's going to be very non-harmful at first. They're not going to say very much. But once we have the unified ledger in place over the next three years, coming into 2025 to 2026, what you're going to see happen is central banks produce what's known as programmable digital currency. Programmable digital currency means that any transaction that you do goes on the blockchain on a private and public ledger that is centralized. This is monitored. This is kept. Every single transaction that you do is going to be connected to what they're going to call a digital asset. For instance, if you go purchase ammunition at a store, that ammunition is already being tracked in the sense of this new unified ledger on the blockchain. That means that every single time that that bullet, that singular bullet was produced, there is a tracking code and methodology of how they are tracking it within the supply chain that becomes a digital asset. All those parts and materials come together. They form the one package of that 
20 rounds of ammunition that you just purchased that now becomes its own digital asset with subsidiary digital assets under it of all the materials in place. And when you go out and purchase that, that is now tracked and assigned to you, which means that the government's going to know what you have, how you got it, where you got it, when you got it, and how much of it that you have. Now, some people that's like, hey, I'm not doing anything illegal. That's okay. And you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm not doing anything illegal. That is a direct violation of our constitutional rights of the Fourth Amendment. I don't want the government knowing what I'm spending my money on, what I'm purchasing, or what I have specifically. Now, this is going to extend to all different types of markets. So the FedNow system is this first step into a much greater expansion of federal authority, of international authority over the control of the money supply. Really, Sean, what they're creating here is a system of digital tyranny, and the first stage of it actually starts this Friday. It's just happening right before our eyes. You know, here in Brazil, where I am, they already have a type of FedNow system. They call it PIX, P-I-X, and it's similar to Zelle or or Venmo or, or what have you, but it's all interbanking. All the banks have it. And they track it all according to the Brazilian social security number. And so this has been rolled out you know, in other countries already. Uh, but the scary thing is what you're saying about how they've already through Project Icebreaker and all these uh, pilot programs and through their white papers, the Bank of International Settlements really laid out the plan for the next couple of years that they want this unified ledger. And so this is just a huge surveillance mechanism that is just so much power. It's just so much knowledge that the federal, this quasi-federal agency, uh, the Federal Reserve System, and of course the government's going to find a way uh, probably to, to be involved here to be able to surveil everything. The, the Federal Reserve is going to be an intermediary of all financial transactions in the U.S. And in the, the U.S. touches all the other countries through the international trade. And so they're going to be able to track a lot because the U.S. is the biggest economy in the world. A lot of the financial transactions worldwide. Uh, this is just a huge change and just amazing that if you turn on the nightly news, besides AMP, no one else is talking about it. No, and they're not going to talk about it. You know, the, the one good thing that I had, I went through the, all the pages of the Unified Ledger um, uh, article on uh, the Bank of International Sediments, biz.org. And one of the interesting things that I found that nobody was really talking about was the talk of private tokenization in the sense that they basically acquiesced to Bitcoin, knowing that they can't stop Bitcoin, knowing that they're not going to be able to stop people from going out there and mining Bitcoin, they acquiesced and basically put it in there as a private token or private tokenization of which the settlement of that, they want to switch away from USDC, USDT, which are privatized um, stable coins to their CBDCs. And this basically gives them full control over this because in order to transact anything in the real world within their systems, you're going to have to utilize a CBDC. And that if you can facilitate all Bitcoin transactions, for the pair of Bitcoin CBDC, well, that's going to help their cause as well, getting CBDCs out to the world. So I can see them utilizing Bitcoin as this kind of methodology, this delivery system to get CBDCs out there by taking down USDT, USDC, if anybody's familiar with crypto, getting them out of the way, introducing their CBDC and having Bitcoin, this private token, actually being the facilitator of the CBDCs worldwide as the, the leading trade pair. Um, now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. That's a double-edged sword because if you understand Bitcoin, you understand that that's a decentralized a ledger. That is decentralized blockchain that the government can't go in there and find out who you are, where your transactions are, unless they actually have your wallet address, which stays completely anonymous. And people are accepting Bitcoin transactions for regular goods and services. So this becomes an aspect of a parallel economy that becomes to be developed. But Sean, there's another part of this that is very, very interesting. And this is the the warning that I want everybody to heed. Now, everybody knows that I work very, very closely with Dr. Kirk Elliott. Getgoldtoday.com right there that you see below. That takes you directly to Dr. Kirk Elliott's site. Uh, Me and Dr. Kirk Elliott talk weekly about these types of things. There's something happening right now in the kind of global economic and global financial structure. 
there's a few warning signs. Firstly, Joe Biden just sent a, th- a few thousand troops over the Europe, the European theater. This is about the third time that he's actually done that. We're amassing troops and we're amassing weaponry. They're sending F-16s to the Persian Gulf. They're sending F-16s to Poland in lieu of Ukraine. They're sending more tanks. They're sending cluster bombs. Um, you know, that right there is an indicator to me there's a preparation for war. China itself has ramped up its preparations as well as Russia. But there's a few other things in the financial system that get my concern. Number one is the BRICS nations are about to release their own currency in August. This is not confirmed yet, but it's the rumor is very, very mainstream. So we know that the BRICS nations are going to release their own currency, digital currency, here in August. The rumor is that this is a gold-backed digital currency. If this comes out like the ruple, a gold-backed digital currency, you're going to see massive strides in the increase of the price of gold and silver and other precious metals. Now, why would they be doing that around the August time frame? Because they understand time frames. If we look at the current time frame and narrative, we can see between November and March of this year and next year is the probable situation to where war breaks out utilizing Article 5 of NATO between NATO and Russia or something international actually occurs in the Persian Gulf between Iran, Israel, U.S., Israel, Syria, something of this nature. And that would be the ideal time frame because typically this is when those types of things happen, countered by an economic collapse. So utilizing gold implementation before that for the BRICS currency would actually skyrocket that currency to the global exchange medium if gold took off during an economic collapse around that time frame between November and March implementation in August. Well, there's another indicator as well, Sean. The top nations of the world have been buying gold like crazy. China being the leading, Russia being the second, the United States, everybody is buying gold. Now, typically, when these central banks buy gold within these countries, they store them off-site. They store them in various different places, the London Metal Exchange, the Perth Mint. Just last week, we got the indication that all of these central banks are calling in their gold deposits to be returned back to their home country. Sean, this is a dire warning to everybody out there. This is your first indication that war is about to break out somewhere in the world. Because the only reason that these countries are calling that gold back is because they know war is coming. Right. They want to make sure that gold is physically secured within their borders in case something happens, uh, such as a confiscation of that gold. You know, it's just it's the ultimate challenge to the powers that be to create a competing uh, system of payments and clearing uh, clearing house system. So I can see why there's basically a metaphorical gun to the head of Russia, China, and the BRICS that hey, you better you better use our payment system or else. Uh, so th- that's how I'm I'm viewing this this threat of war. Uh, but it seems like privacy is the ultimate commodity, so to speak, and that people need to f- figure out a solution to keep their their financial transactions private. And their wealth private. So it seems like gold is an obvious thing because you can't track it and the government doesn't have anything to do with it. So uh, this is a perfect time for people to take action. I've also been working with Dr. Kirk Elliott for the last couple of years, and I trust the guy. So everyone just needs to check out the link in the description below. You can get that free consultation. Uh, Thank you so much, Josh, for your special report. Looking forward to more updates. Uh, We're going to go to our next guest here pretty soon, but thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to an author who has proof that we have senators in Congress who are compromised, who have other allegiances, who are traitors. We're going to talk about that, their security risks, as soon as we get back. Starting in August, join John Michael Chambers for 40,000-foot view, engaging conversation with AMP's founder. John will share personal journeys, insights, and philosophies. He'll bring monthly intel and share ways that patriots can get involved. Even connect with John Michael Chambers via dedicated private email. 40,000 Foot View, engaging conversation. The first Friday of every month starting August 4th at 10 p.m. Eastern. The world is about to shift. 
banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D., 720-605-3900. we got to confront reality. we got to tell the truth. we got to be courageous. Because that is proof to God that we believe in something bigger than ourselves. And maybe if enough people stand up, enough leaders come forward, enough courageous people put it all out there, God may well decide that this country, as flawed as it is, is worth saving after all. And maybe this will be the turning point that we've been looking for for so long. That was Trevor Loudon, the author of Security Risk Senators Part 1 and 2. Trevor, thank you for joining. Tell me about what led you to write write these two books. Probably some some pretty uh, concerning information, right? Well, thank you, Sean. Yes, exactly. Um, my specialty has has long been investigating Marxist groups, radical groups, and that kind of thing. And what you find is when you investigate these radical groups, it always leads to U.S. government officials, to senators and congressmen, and that's logical because you know these tiny communist groups. You know, there might be 5,000 members, 80,000 members like Democratic Socialists of America. They want influence. They want revolution. So they need to be able to put their people into the U.S. Congress to implement their policies. And that's what they do. And nobody stops them because there are no background checks in Congress. There are no security clearances in Congress. Nothing. So China, Iran the Communist Party USA, other subversive groups have been able to infiltrate the US Congress and the US Senate now for many years to the point they have about, I would say, about 100 subversives in the House and about 40 in the US Senate. That's a a pretty dangerous proportion. The Communist Party USA still exists. I mean, this is something people hear about the Red Scare back in the 50s and before, but the, the Communist Party has an existence in the U.S. Can you talk about that? Well, absolutely it does. It has many Congress members in their pockets, from Patty Murray, the senator from uh, Washington State, to Raul Grajalva, the congressman from, from, um, congressman from Arizona. Um, there are five Congress members in Connecticut. All of them work with the Communist Party, every single one of them. So the Communist Party USA has only got a few thousand members, but they're completely loyal to the Communist Party of China and to some degree to Putin's Russia, and they control unions. See, see, the transmission belt of communism is the unions, because what happens is the communists take over the unions and the unions direct the Democratic Party. They They get Democrats elected, they tell them what policies to to implement. If you want to know what the Democrats are going to talk about tomorrow, you read the Communist Party's People's World website today because what they're talking about today will be what Joe Biden is talking about tomorrow. Under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, the Communist Party is basically running America right now, a few thousand of them on behalf of Communist China. I wasn't even aware that the Communist Party in the USA uh, was active, and, and a few thousand members doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it all depends on how much power they have and how much influence they have. So when you were in that talk that we saw the clip of, you talked about some photographs of, uh, of people in the embassy in San Francisco, uh, very cozy, uh, Diane Feinstein and her, her uh, driver who was a spy, uh, the person who worked at the embassy, uh, is recognized spy. And then, of course, we've got uh, uh, Fang Fang and, and uh, her, I don't know if she, she's the handler uh, of uh, the gentleman from California, but 
he was kicked off of the, the House Intelligence Committee, wasn't he? So tell me about um, some of these connections that are, some of it have, has been publicized, but do you think there's more to it than, than what the general public knows about? Look, look, Trump's intelligence advisor Ratcliffe said three years ago that the Communist Party of China now controls so many American congressmen, they can determine which legislation passes the Congress and which doesn't. And, and, and it's, it's logical, you know, if you were the, you were the leader of China, Xi Jinping, and you wanted to bring America to its knees, you could try big multi-billion dollar trade wars, which you might lose. You could try a premature multi-trillion dollar shooting war, which is still a little bit risky. Or you could spend a couple of billion dollars buying up American congressmen and senators and funding voter registration organizations to get them elected in the United States. Which would you do if you were Xi Jinping? What do you think is better bang for the buck? So... You know, right. talking it's, about it's so fine. much less expensive to to buy influence, uh, and, and risky. That there's no the, background checks. Yeah. Right. What What are some of the the facts and figures you point to? You talked about voter registration. Like, how extensive is their activity? Well, and see, okay, I'll give you an example. Black Lives Matter was basically run by a, a communist group called Liberation Road, a pro-Chinese communist group. And they were working and empowered by the, the, the Chinese consulate in San Francisco. So they got an election year, you know, the George Floyd riots and that, they got all these young black and Latino kids fired up all over the country. You know, Trump's a racist, Republicans are horrible people. We've got to end racism by electing Biden-Harris. So the same communist groups that set up Black Lives Matter had a network of voter registration organizations in seven key states. In Arizona, they had Lucha. They knocked. They made eight million phone calls and knocked on a million doors. In, uh, in Wisconsin, they had black leaders organizing communities. They claimed they won Wisconsin. Then in Michigan, they had Detroit Action. And uh, in um Georgia, they had New Georgia Project, which elected two Democrat senators. So, so they they by running these these pro Chinese voter registration groups utilized Black Lives Matter and radical activists to target the inner cities of seven key states in the last election, and they claim they won six of the seven, all the critical states: Philadelphia, Michigan, Georgia. Arizona, they claim they won six of the seven for Biden-Harris because their their job was to get rid of President Trump, communist China's biggest enemy, and install President Biden, who's been working for the Chinese for at least 20 years and the Russians before that. So it, it, it made sense, you know, put a few million dollars into voter registration Use the Black Lives Matter, which is controlled by communists, loyal to China, stir up the people, get them to the polls, and, you know, just stuff the ballots in those key areas and you'll win the election. And that's exactly what they did. Well, they say they won the election. They certainly, having well, that many registrations, it gives it, it, gives it a, a veneer of reality. Uh, but yeah. I want to key in on the, well. well the I should qualify that they, they they contributed towards the steal of the election. That would be a, a better way of right. saying it. Right. Well, let's talk about racism because this is a recurring theme here. That that is the wedge issue they're using. Uh, what is the playbook for, for that? Well, you know the the what we are seeing in America right now is a Maoist revolution. And we, we, what we're seeing is the tactics of Mao Zedong. And part of that is what they call the mass line. This was a, a brought out in China by Mao Zedong. It's a, you know, a, 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 the Communist Party of China comes up with a policy and everybody must conform. So back in the Cultural Revolution, for instance, at one point, everybody in China had to kill 10 flies every day because there's too many flies, right? Well, we saw the mass line with COVID. There's only going to be one response. You have to have, 
You can't have ivermectin. You can't have hydroxychloroquine. You can't have vitamin D. You can't have herd immunity. It was going to be masks, vaccines, and lockdowns. That was Chinese mass line. Then we got Black Lives Matter, and everybody had to support Black Lives Matter. This was mass line. Everybody has to be an anti-racist. Everybody has to be against the cops and defund the cops. This was Chinese mass line. The Chinese discovered a long time ago in their revolution in China that they didn't have an industrial working class. You know, the, 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 the old communist model was the working class rises up against the capitalists. Well, the Chinese didn't have that, so they used racial minorities. So in the United States, uh, the Russian Soviets were doing this in the 1920s. The Chinese have been doing it here since the 1960s. The Chinese have been working with the Black Panther groups, the um, big groups, black groups in the inner cities, and more recently Black Lives Matter to, to, to use race as the road to revolution. You know, class doesn't work well in America. No, that was the Occupy Wall Street movement. That was a communist class operation. And it got a little bit of traction, but Black Lives Matter got way, way, way more because race is a much bigger divider in the United States than class ever was. Class is mobile. You can change your class, but you can never change your race. So that's the main communist means for bringing disunity and destruction on this country. I always found it ironic that in China, they, they have different rules for themselves than the rules they apply for their opinions on foreign countries. For example, they do discriminate against uh, other indigenous groups within China. Uh, they don't allow uh, the men to be feminized and, and, and so forth. They don't have this type of ideology with the LGBTQ, but they support that type of activity abroad. Can you explain that? Yes. Now, look, that's exactly right. In China, if you're a drug dealer, they execute you. But China's killed, killing 80,000 people a year in this country through fentanyl, which they deliberately send here. So they know it destroys their country, so they won't allow it there, but they, know they, they will promote it here because the goal is to destroy us. They don't allow transgenderism and pansy men and their military, but they encourage it here because it weakens our society. They don't allow racial separatism in, in China, but they encourage it here because it weakens us. And see, you know, Blinken, uh, the Secretary of State, when he met the Chinese in Alaska a couple of years ago, they berated him. America is a racist country. Look at Black Lives Matter. He was criticizing them about their treatment of the Uyghurs in Western China. And they countered with, look, you've got this horrible, you treat the blacks terribly. Black Lives Matter has had to rise up to stop this. Forgetting to mention that Black Lives Matter was their creation, that they started Black Lives Matter. They control Black Lives Matter. And so they, 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 they you know, but they're not even hypocrites because, a Marxist understand there are certain rules for communist countries and certain rules for countries that are in the process of becoming communist. And they, you know, the, the, a lot of the revolutionaries that are out in America now trying to bring the country down, when the Chinese take over, if they ever do, they will shoot those people. They don't want them, but they're useful, right. just like drugs are useful. Black Lives Matter is useful. You know, it, it's... It's right. part of the revolutionary process. So these people who are carrying out the plans, uh, they think that they're, they're ideologically aligned. They might think they're going to get a seat at the table, uh, but in reality, they, they'll be the first in the firing line. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about your book, some specific, ask you to name some names and how this influence uh, operation works as soon as we get back.
Rate Lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select a Rate Lock annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. With everything going on right now, your rest is so important. That's why we're having the biggest my pillow sale ever. Not only are my bed pillows as low as $19.98, but you can get the best body pillows ever. Regular $89.98, now only $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Please order now while quantities last. Well, you can support Mike Lindell, who has been canceled, and you can also get a discount on those MyPillow products. Just click on the link in the description below and use that AMP888 promo code. We are talking to Trevor Loudon, the author of Security Risk Senators Part 1 and 2. Trevor, can you name one of these senators who's a security risk and, and back that up with some of the evidence that you've uncovered? Well, I'll give an example of Mark Kelly, um, who's the senator from Arizona. And, um, you know, he met his wife as uh, in 2002, not at a bar in Phoenix, but at a communist Chinese Communist Party sponsored event in Beijing. It was an annual conference by the Chinese International Work Department, which is the, the main body that over, oversees, you know, external subversion. So he was back at those conferences for several years. And then he... Um, started working for major Chinese companies, many of the Tencent, Alibaba, etc., Shackley Vitamins, many of them, you know, all connected to the Chinese People's Liberation Army. He was even hawking Chinese vitamin products from outer space when he was an astronaut. I don't know how he was allowed to do that, but he did. And so he has been basically shilling for China for over 20 years, but he's now a U.S. senator. And he is also now uh, being targeted by a group in Phoenix that works for Iran. It's a, a group called the National Iranian Action American Committee and um, Council, sorry. And they have a group in Phoenix that is working with him. He works with them to get him to work towards the resurrection of the nuclear deal with Iran so Iran can get the atomic weapon. So this is a guy who wouldn't call himself a communist. He even portrays himself as a sort of MAGA Democrat, but he's completely in, in, in bed with the Communist Party of China and has been for more than 20 years. Right. When you start to uh, make these connections of the conferences they attend, their relationships, there are some few notable people who are married to uh, Chinese people as well. Um, so, well, Mitch, Mitch McConnell you, married to Elaine Chow. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you put together a picture of where this influence is coming from. It's, it's yeah. not just a one check that was written at one time. There are so many different no. pieces to the puzzle. Like in there's two books, security risks senators, parts one and part two, each book profiles 15 currently serving senators. So we trace their backgrounds, we trace their affiliations this history in each one, because each of these senators, like communism in America has many different denominations. You know, you have the Maoist variety, the North Korean variety, the Cuban variety, the Stalinist variety, the Trotskyist variety, the Maoists. And all, most of these senators are affiliated with one or another. And so you can trace the backgrounds, the people they employ, the people they work with, the legislation they promote, the communists they put on their staff. Like Chris Murphy, for instance, um, you know, senator from Connecticut, was one of the leaders of the anti-Trump-Russia collusion. Bang, 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 just endlessly. He had a member of the Communist Party USA on his staff at the time. You know, 
He was working with the Communist Party USA on a regular basis in Connecticut, which is loyal to both China and Putin's Russia. But he had the gall to call out Trump for his bogus Russian ties. You know, um, Adam Schiff, uh, who was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, I've got another book now, it's called House Un-Americans, about the congressman. And Adam Schiff, he was a big leader in the Trump collusion scandal, but he was working with the Committee of 100 for many years, which is China's biggest influence operation in the United States. He was meeting with, meeting with top Chinese Communist Party officials over several decades, yet he was chairman of the Intelligence Committee and lied to the public about Trump's Russia ties. So this is the kind of thing, you know, we have photographs of these people at Communist Party events, employing Communist Party members, trips to China, trips to Cuba to meet uh, Cuban intelligence officers, taking money from Iran. All of this is documented. You don't come to a foreign country and tell them that 30 or 40 of their senators are basically traitors unless you have evidence to back it up. And the evidence is in the books. Each book is nearly 400 pages long, chock full of references, chock full of photographs, quotes from their own works, from their own words. Yeah, I I stand by the evidence. None of them have challenged a point of what I've said yet. Right, and they haven't sued you for for whatever. So can you help me get inside their head? Are they really, truly ideologically aligned or are they just grifters trying to get money in, in any way possible? Well, see, so this is how, you know, the old Soviet Union, they could really only get people through ideology. You know, you had to be a communist and you believed in the Soviet dream and whatever. And they'd ask you to work for the revolution by going inside the Democratic Party or, or wherever they told you to go. The Chinese still have ideology I would say about half the people I profile are ideologically sympathetic to communism, but the rest are more interested in the money. See, the Chinese uh, have a lot more money than the Soviets ever had. So how they get you is this. It's called MICE, M-I-C-E, money, ideology, compromise, ego. They get you with money. They get you because you're sympathetic, because you hate America. You are brought up in that generation where you supported the Viet, you know, the communists in the Vietnam War and you supported Fidel Castro and the Sandinistas. They get you through compromise. They get you in a business deal. They, they, you, you do something dishonest. They blackmail you. You're found in bed with somebody you shouldn't be. They blackmail you or they appeal to your ego. They give you trips to China. They tell people what a wonderful statesman you are and you can help to play a role in bringing peace to the world. So it's a combination of all of those things. But but many of them are actual, real, ideological communists. Dianne Feinstein was working for the communists, with the communists since 1955. You know, Sherrod Brown, the senator from... um, Ohio has been working with the communists since the 1970s. You know, Raphael Warnock, the senator from Georgia, is deeply in bed with New York communists, Georgia communists, um, with people who with deep ties to to Cuba going way back. You know, his his big his greatest mentor, Calvin Butts, the man who trained him, the day the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated in Atlanta. He went out, dug up all his Molotov cocktails with his friends, burnt down a church, burnt down a whole lot of businesses, dragged white motorists out of their cars and beat them up. And this man became a leader of the church and the mentor to Raphael Warnock, the Marxist who now operates, you know, um, holds the Senate seat in Georgia. It reminds me of Barack Obama and the weather underground and these radicals that he was associated with. Uh, So so there's a a type of legacy that they're carrying on, but they they all seem so patriotic. They wear the the flag pins and they they say the Pledge of Allegiance, but they have a different ideology oftentimes. Uh, But what what is so great about this ideology? I mean, do they really see that China's a better country than the U.S.? Do they... 
Do they want a seat at the table as far as power goes? What, what are they promised? Well, most of them hate the U.S. You know, they really believe that the U.S. is a corrupt country. The U.S. Um, oppresses the third world. The U.S. has, has been a, a malign influence in the world. And they have this burning sense of injustice. Their ego makes them think that they're going to right the wrongs. That's Obama, you know. Obama believes the United States is evil. And that's what he was indoctrinated in that by his communist mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, his time in Indonesia, um, you know, the people around him. He is communist around him his entire life. And he hates America, you know, and, and he wants to see America brought to its knees. They, they are, but they want to remain in control. They want to have power. And it's a little like, you know, Milton in Paradise Lost, the famous poem, you know, why did Satan leave heaven? Because he'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. So they, they want to rule America. They don't care what kind of hell it becomes as long as they're in control. They're so driven by ideology and ego and hatred for America that they'll do anything, anything to get power. And you'll see that in the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. You'll see that in Barack Obama. You'll see that in Chuck Schumer. You'll see that in Adam Schiff. These are the, these are the scum of America who have risen to the top. You know, it was scary how popular Barack Obama was and how popular Bernie Sanders was the two times that he ran for president. Can you talk a little bit about Bernie Sanders and his ideology, his, his past, and, and whether there's still a, a contingent of the American youth that would back his kind of a movement? Well, you know, under him, you know, Democratic Socialists of America went from 6,000 members to 90,000 members. They have chapters, over 200 chapters around the country. Bernie Sanders started out in the socialist movement in the 60s. He went to Israel where he worked in a pro-communist kibbutz. He came back, went, moved to Vermont, worked with the socialists and the communist party in Vermont, worked with the communist party in Illinois, deeply in bed with the Communist Party, uh, worked with Communist Fronts, very, very deeply involved with Democratic Socialists of America, which is a Marxist uh, communist organization, even though the name sort of gives a more benign impression. Um, and he, he, is, he is a hardcore communist who works with communists on an international level and a domestic level, actual card-carrying communists. He always has. But see, he identified a problem. You know, most a lot of American kids, they see they see the, the corruption of big tech, you know, taking away their privacy. They see the big corporations doing horrible things to small business. You know, the, the, the crony capitalism, the crony socialism. They see the problem and Bernie's solution is more of the same. You know, he identifies the problem in a way that's quite correctly. But the problem, the, the solution is less government control, take away, you know, take away the power of the monopolies by, by destroying their protected status. You know, re the real American free enterprise system, family farms, family businesses, that's the solution. Bernie goes in the opposite direction. The problem is too much government control over business. So Bernie says we need even more. Bernie says we need to bring everybody down to our level. Bernie is a communist, straight, simple, hardcore I, I always, communist, no question. I always found it odd that he had so much popular support, and yet he kind of just handed the nomination not once but two times. Uh, and then he was talking about millionaires and billionaires, but then he stopped talking about millionaires because he became one, and he got his payoff, I suppose, because he went from – uh, somewhat of a, a low-paid politician to someone with multiple homes and so forth. Um, you know, I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to well, ask well, you about the just, solution. Yeah, go, well, go ahead. You can talk just, about Bernie Sanders, uh, and then we'll go to break. Yeah, well, very quickly, communism is not about sharing the wealth. Communism is about centralizing all wealth and all power in very, very few hands. That's what it's about. The richest man in Cuba is, is, is not a businessman. He's the leader of the Communist Party. 
Same in North Korea, same in China. They are loaded because it's all about wealth and power centralization. All the stuff about equal sharing, that's just for the stupid people. That's just for the people at the bottom. Right. Well, it's amazing how much more wealth Bernie could have created through productivity than, than what he's done. But uh, he's, he's, he's chosen never his worked path. The real days. He's, ne- he's <laughs> never worked a real day's work in his life. He got kicked out of an Israeli commune for being too lazy. <laughs> That's something to put on the resume. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask you about the solution because in your talk you mentioned – how Giuliani got rid of the mafia, and there might be a solution to get rid of these traitors in Congress. Let's talk about that as soon as we get back. Hey guys, Justin here with the Satellite Phone Store, and today we're going to talk about EcoFlow's solar panel options. Designed for portable power, these foldable solar panels come with a kickstand case for easy transportation, setup, and protection. Each panel uses an MC4 universal connector for wider compatibility and makes it super useful for charging a variety of devices. And if you're interested in making a purchase or you'd like more information, please visit satellitephonestore.com or sat123.com. Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com. You can get a discount on those RNC store supplements. Just go to the link in the description below. We are talking to Trevor Loudon, the author of Security Risk Senators, Part 1 and 2. And Trevor, you've identified the problem. You've named names. You've given the evidence in these books. And it's a great thing that you've done because this is the type of research we can present uh, to other politicians, uh, to law enforcement if necessary. What, What are the solutions to exposing and cleansing Congress of these types of traders. Okay, I'll, I'll discuss that. I'd just like to say very quickly before I do that, if anybody thinks communist infiltration of America is, is a way off, you watch on August the 1st, there's going to be a big strike at UPS, United Parcel Service. It's going to cause billions of dollars worth of damage and throw the country into chaos. It is orchestrated by a few hundred members of the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, a Communist Party loyal to China. They've been borrowing in UPS for 13 years to get enough power to bring that country into a major strike. Just mark my words, August 1st, watch out for that. But um, on, on, on the, see, this is, this is how you get, see, I think the biggest problem in America is massive infiltration of our institutions. I'm talking business, I'm talking unions, political parties, churches. I, I did a movie, Enemies Within the Church, to, to expose this. By, by enemy agents, I'm talking from China, from Iran, from Russia, from the WEF, the globalist organizations, Cuba, Venezuela, is uh, er- Islamic countries, etc. And they are corrupting politicians, stealing technology, buying farmland, um, you know, telling big tech what to do, uh, turning sport woke, all of these horrible things. So this is the number one problem. And nobody's gone after it. The FBI is neutered. The CIA is working for the other team half the time. So how do you get rid of these people? Well, this is what I what, what we need to do. See, See, the way to get rid of organized crime, this was pioneered by um, Dewey when he took down Murder, Inc. Giuliani did this to a degree when he took down the mafia in New York. You have to get a very tight intelligence organization that is not corrupted. You know, Dewey interviewed 1,200 people to get a small group that he could use to go after Murder, Inc. in the 1930s because nobody, Murder, Inc., nobody would testify against them because they'd kill you. 
and the cops were on the payroll, many of them, so you could never take these people down. So Dewey got a very tight, trusted organisation. Then he started to catch a few of the low-level guys, and he'd offer them witness protection and immunity from prosecution if they would rat on the people above them. And so they we'd start a rat chain going, that rat and rat and rat and rat, till he got right to the top. He put three or four of the leaders on the electric chair, and in two years, Murder, Inc. was gone. This is what Giuliani did. He got informants, and he, he gave informants in the, in the mafia immunity from prosecution of witness protection if they would rat out their co- rat out the people above them, Sammy the Bull Gravano being the most well-known example, and he really hurt the mob. So this is what the next president, conservative president has to do. You set up a new intelligence agency, totally clean, interview 10,000 people to get 500 people. It's, you know, nobody from the current CIA or FBI, nobody tainted by Obama or, or Hillary Clinton, guys from special forces, patriots, totally, totally, totally vetted. You get it set up and it's all about going after foreign infiltration. Then the president declares a three-month amnesty. Every foreign foreign traitor in the every traitor in the country, every foreign agent has three months to either leave America or come forward to the new agency and spill their guts. If they come forward within three months and tell everything they know, they will get immunity from prosecution and witness protection if necessary, and they will have to appear in court. If they don't come forward in three months and they are caught, they'll go to Leavenworth for 50 years. That would throw every foreign intelligence network in the country into complete and utter chaos. They would melt down because none of them could trust each other. The dirty Iranian businessman uh, dealing with the dirty senator wouldn't know if the senator was wearing a wire and the senator wouldn't know if the Iranian was wearing a wire. You'd see... You'd see thousands of Chinese leave the country. A whole bunch of Russian mafia would sell their mansions in Miami, go back to Moscow. Iranians would get out of the country. A whole bunch of senators would stand down for family reasons. A whole bunch of Wall uh, Wall Street guys would have to leave their jobs. Um, A whole bunch of big tech people would have to stand down. You would have the biggest cleansing of America in American history. And with the court cases that ensued, you would the American public would finally understand how deeply China and other enemies have penetrated this country. That would cleanse the deep state and their their comrades like nothing had ever cleansed them before. And you'd ha- you wouldn't have to fire a shot, and you would only have to put a certain amount of people in jail. The rest of them who confessed. Um, their punishment would between, be between them and God. That's an, a great plan. And I, in one of your talks, you mentioned that whenever you put someone from the mafia away for only five years, it do, it's not much of a deterrent. Uh, yeah. So you got to put they, them they away for They just get out and start work again. Don't... You mentioned the electric chair was pretty effective in the 1930s. Mm. Do we have laws in the books that are sufficient and they're just not enforced, or do we need something new? Look, we have the laws, and and uh, I think um, the uh, congressman from Wisconsin, who's head of the China Committee in the uh, House, is looking at uh, revamping the, the Foreign Agents Registration Act and making it retrospective so all the foreign agents in this country have to register not just the work they're doing for foreign countries now, but everything they have ever done. That would disqualify a whole bunch of people from even standing for Congress. That that would be a big thing. The laws are there. What is lacking is the political will. Because for many years, um, Republicans and Democrats have had this comfortable thing going, let's just make money with China. Let's just, you make money, you do this deal, I won't do anything about it. You know, both sides are working it. Mitch McConnell on the Republican side has been working China. Um, 
you know, Mark Kelly and many others on the Democrat side, Diane Feinstein have been working China, making lots of money. Nancy Pelosi's been making lots of money. The gravy train has gone on. Trump disrupted that, which is why they had to get rid of him. So the next president has to finish the job, apply the Foreign Agents Registration Act, give an amnesty for anybody who'll come forward, set up a new intelligence agency, actually prosecute and jail the worst offenders for 40 years. Let them spend the rest of their life rotting in prison for the damage they've done to this country. But those who are willing to confess and apologize and repent and tell everything they know, I think the American people should give them a pass and, and should give them a second chance. But those who will not, you, you, you take the full penalty, full penalty of the law, Leavenworth for the rest of your life. Right. And as I understand, there's even the death penalty for, for true traitors. Uh, so well, the death that might be on the table on the for some. For these crimes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we're running out of time. We definitely want to find out where people can get the books. So you can tell us that. And then the final question is, you mentioned the next president. Donald Trump is the front runner uh, for the Republican Party, at least. Uh, so does he have something that you think in his platform is sufficient or do you think he's going to have to come up with more uh, to really address this? Yeah, well, look, people can get the books trevorloudon.com, L-O-U-D-O-N. Uh, you can make Jeff Bezos richer and go to Amazon, of course, but if you want signed copies for yourself or as gifts, go to trevorloudon.com. My security risk senators are there, um, House on Americans, Enemies Within the Church, movie, etc. It's all there. So trevorloudon.com. Look, Donald Trump has already got plans for firing 10,000 public servants. He has got plans for going through the federal bureaucracy with a, with a, a fine tooth comb. He has doing some good things. I think he needs to amp it up, but he will definitely go in the right direction. I think he has to set up a new intelligence agency, not compromised by the FBI, or the CIA. He set up Space Force, a new version, a new branch of the military. He can set up a new intelligence agency, not compromised by the old ones, and they can go after these bad guys. Um, DeSantis, I know he's way behind right now, but he has also got some very comprehensive plans for gutting the Department of Justice, the FBI, and, and sorting these agencies out. So I think both candidates recognize the problem and will make um, great steps. But I think the plan of, of an amnesty and a new intelligence agency would have to be on the agenda. That would be the icing on the cake. That would complete the job. Right. So my understanding is what the average American citizen can do right now is support those candidates who have those uh, plans and also contact their own representatives and make sure that they're aware of these things and aware of your books and, and the evidence so that yeah. they can act on that intelligence. Um, any final thoughts as we're closing out? Well, that's right. You know, you buy a book, you get another copy, you give it to your congressman, you ask him to read it, you demand he reads it, and you question him about it and say, why are you serving on the same committee as this traitor? Do you know this man's a traitor? Right. So I, I think the final thought is, you know, we're not going to get out of this without some divine providence, I think. But that takes all of us standing up, being very brave and being willing to call out evil. Been, for too long in this country, we've been unwilling to name evil, willing to stand for what is right, and willing to proudly say what we believe in. This is a time now that all of the, or every, you know, the, the greatest victories come from the darkest times, because that's when the good people finally get off the darn fence and do that, that what they've always should have been doing. We're at that time right now. And I think if enough people do that, we will turn this country around. I agree with you. It's those American values, the opposite of communism that's going to bring us through this. Thank you, Trevor, yep. for the great work and research that you do. It's absolutely priceless. And thank you to a New Zealander for, for helping save America. 
And everyone, thank you for watching AmpNews.us. We are America's Patriot-only network. Get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. God bless all you patriots. Good night. Genocide Jab by John Michael Chambers is now an Amazon number one bestseller. If you've not yet read this critically important book that exposes uncomfortable truths, you should get your copy now. Or bundle with The World Awakens Volume 1 and 2 and get a 20% discount at ampnews.us.